Hey, it's Nick. Thank you for listening to the podcast version of To a Certain Degree. This episode aired on uh, aired on WPRK a couple of times, most recently on July 27th, 2020. Uh, there's some great guests. You're going to hear from them in a second. You don't need me introducing them twice. I just want to thank you for listening to this episode and subscribing if you're a subscriber. If you aren't a subscriber, thank you for considering subscribing. I assume you considered it then said, oh, that seems like a lot of work for me to click that extra button so Nick can get those extra uh, likes. I'm not sure how it works. Uh, this show is an escape for me, obviously, so I don't cover a lot of stuff that's going on in the world, but this past Friday was the deadline for a lot of Central Florida parents and their kids to decide how they will be attending school this fall. It's a tough decision. Uh, our family made this decision as well, and it was not an easy one. If you're like me, you have that feeling in the pit of your stomach that maybe you didn't make the right decision. Maybe there's something wrong with the decision you made. Talk it out. Uh, don't keep that feeling bottled up. If you want to talk to me and you want to discuss it, I will talk about it at length. I'm also going to take a page from friend of the show and uh, are you my roommate or my neighbor on WPRK, Ashley Ann Gardner. She would normally host the show after this one, which is called the Orlando Theater Hour. Uh, Ashley is offering tutoring services if you're in need, and I'm going to do the same. So she's on the English history and theater end of the spectrum, and my jam is math. Math jam. Gross. Thank you for enjoying this episode. Thank you again, and good night. Hello, you are listening to A Certain Degree. I'm your host, Nick Jorgudiu. Thank you for being here, and thank you for listening with your ears. And you're welcome to your ears because this is one of the greatest college radio stations in the world. WPRK 91.5 FM is an amazing assortment of content, music, and people, both on and off the air, and we're lucky to have them. I would encourage you to vote for the station in Orlando Weekly's best of list if you are so inclined. Normally, to a certain degree, is a two-hour show featuring guests from around Central Florida. It's an in-depth interview with one or maybe even two people. You can check out nearly 200 past episodes wherever you get your podcasts. Let's meet them, shall we? First up, Joseph Gaddy, Artistic Director at United Ballet Theater. Good morning, Joseph. Good morning. How are you? Good, good. Thank you so much for being here. My pleasure. It is. No, it's my pleasure. <laughs> okay. Okay, great. Uh, Joseph is here from the, uh, the United Ballet Theater, and that's with an R-E, not an E-R. Exactly. Okay, great. And so we're going to be talking about the season that you have coming up, the stuff that you've been doing here in Central Florida, your career as a dancer and as a choreographer. And I'm, I'm really curious to learn about that because I know so little about it. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, many of the subtleties are lost on me. And so what I like to do is talk to people about that to see what it is that I should be looking for as somebody who doesn't know a lot about dance, as somebody who doesn't know a lot about, you know, the industry mm -hmm. in general. 
You'll also be introduced to OCPS math teacher Jillian McManus. I feel so fancy with these headphones. Do you? Yeah. Is it the first time you've been wearing headphones? First time ever, yeah. I've yeah. seen them a lot. And around never, town, just, around the town? Yeah, every, everywhere. People seem to have them, like coffee shops and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, that seems cool. Do you feel like it would be helpful for what you do to have access to headphones? Um... Do you ever, like, are you ever concentrating or do you feel like the music right in your ears will make it feel too much like you're there with whoever you're listening to and that would be distracting? I, I think I would, I think I would like that. Yeah. For it to be like a whole, in like you're inside the music. Like you're inside the musician. That would be, that'd be pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I think I would like that. <laughs> Returning to the studio for his second appearance, to a certain degree, Chris Crespo, one of my favorite podcasters. You know what is an odd number? Mm. Pi. Yes. Guess what today is? Not pi. Is it pi it's day? Not pi it's day. not pi day. No. no, it's pi approximation day. Because 22 divided by 7, it's today's July 22nd, mm -hmm. is approximately is what they use for the approximate of pi. Oh. It comes out to about 3.14, yada, yada, yada. So approximate pi day. Yeah, approximate pi day. Almost pi day. Yeah. All right. That's like, a, so we'll do that. it's like McDonald's pie day. It's almost a pie. <laughs> it's almost food. Almost food. Yeah. It's edible. <laughs> it gets you there. Chris, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, Chris much. Crespo of Cinema Crespadiso. Yes. Podcast mm -hmm. 300 and what, 20, 60 episodes? episodes? Uh, we just did 341. Yeah. So yes. I was good right in between those yeah, two numbers I had. Yeah. 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 Approximate. You got it. It's approximate pie. Approximate, approximate Crespo podcast yeah. day. 341. Uh, so very great show and Thank you. part of PFT media, of yes. course, as well. You're one of the founders of that. Yes, so. we are. We got the pftmedia.com is the home of many uh, different podcasts and we got web series there as well and different things. And we're working on too many things. We're working on too many. Andrew Chang had to come on the show because he does have one of the best titles ever. You are the chief swan officer of swan city orlando that's correct you do the designs i do the designs you do the ideas behind the designs mm -hmm. you kind of need those first to design to design yes that's my understanding yep. and then you come up with a uh, bevy of products i do uh not only shirts now no that's so, where we started yeah and you have now all sorts of accoutrements uh any number of things that you could get for your house Mm -hmm. for presents mm -hmm. for uh, other people because usually when I'm talking about presents I'm talking about presents for myself oh yeah and so you can get presents for other people yeah, first of all and if you want to those could be from Swan City they I mean they just all should be they should Swan. be yeah yeah no that's a good point yeah and Chris Zara like many guests I got to know Chris on live radio because there's nothing like that to get to know somebody and everybody who's listening can get to know you a little bit better. So we're going to play a game right now. Uh, 20 questions. Okay. Very easy. But instead of, so I'll just say, it's almost word association. So I'll say something. You tell me if you're for it or against it. Got it. But instead of saying for it or against it, which sounds terrible, and uh, or saying yes or no, up or down, we're going to play a game called Wheel or Deal. Okay. So wheel if you're for something, possibly the most important invention in the history of man. Okay. Besides fire. But I don't think we invented fire. Um, I think it's an element. We just discovered it. Yeah, there you go. Okay. So wheel, uh, deal. I don't like to deal with things. I don't like to make deals. I don't like to haggle. 
Okay. Uh, oh, me even either. though I'm Greek and I should be really good at it right. or really enjoy it. It's uh, no, no, thank you. No Just tell me what it is, how much it costs. And then I will say, no, thank you. No haggling. No haggling. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'll probably buy it. I'll be honest with you. Right. I just want to say that over the air. So in case anybody, <laughs> any future people, well, I guess there's still people now. You're a sucker to people right now. I, well, like, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. This is terrible. Let's get back to you. Okay. Wheel or deal. Are you ready? I'm ready. Driverless cars. Wheel or deal. Oh, I'm torn on this one. Um, I love to drive, so I'm going to have to say deal. Okay. What do you like about driving? Just th- that level of control or do you like road trips? I do. Okay. Um, I, I was just having this conversation with my kids yesterday. My dad told me when I was 16 and wanted to drive. Actually, I was, before I ever got a permit, I drove. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> I'm sorry. Were you just stealing cars? Was it a gone in 60 seconds sort of situation? Uh, yeah. When my dad would go to sleep, I would just take the car and drive around. Wait, are you serious? Yeah, no, totally serious. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, totally serious. <laughs> I would okay. change my childhood. I'm telling you, I would change my childhood. <laughs> we would start over and, and do that again, <laughs> all legal this time. Uh, well, what what was that for you? Was that just a, a way to escape and have some level of freedom? Independence, yeah. yeah. I, I've always wanted independence. So and, just turn up the music yeah. and just drive around at night? Yeah. Okay. So... Um, so that driving represents that to you. Yeah. And my dad told me, he was like, you know, you're going to get tired of driving. You're not. And I'm like, no, I'm not. So I think me even 20 years, 25 years later, still like, I'm not going to listen to him. He's not going to tell me what to do. He said, I'm not going to like He's driving. He's never so going to be right. So I'm going to, I'm going to love driving. So even to this day, you know, I'm like, I, I love driving. You're not going to tell me that I, I don't. <laughs> Okay, so driving, it represents a lot of different things. But at some point, would you like to just be able to get in the car and it takes you somewhere? You can relax, you can read a book or listen to music or something along those lines? I would like to have the option. So like if I'm going on a road trip, I would like to drive while I'm alert. And then if I get sleepy, let autopilot take over. But I want to do most of the driving. What kind of personality do you want autopilot to have? Like it's going to talk to me, you mean? Yeah, like is it Siri? Would you change the voice of it? Would he be Australian? Would it be a man or a woman? Uh, Indiscriminate gender? Like, I, what would you? I like Siri. Yeah. She gets on my nerves, but I, I could deal with her on okay. a road trip. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. All right. Or Alexa. One of them. I think you should put both in. Yeah. And they should fight. <laughs> All right. Alexa, you're not driving well. <laughs> Like, oh, yeah, backseat Siri. Right. I like it. You get in your driverless car, you go to the beach. Isn't that right, Andrew Chang? Oh, take it. Yeah. Do you go a lot? Um, Not as much as I think I should. Mm-hmm. Um, When I was younger, obviously, we went a lot, and I hated it. Oh, my God, I hated it. Sand in crevices, just it wasn't, it was never fun. But now as I'm older, I realize, like, oh, this is a really nice, serene place to, like, not murder someone you know like i can go there and find peace so i really enjoy the beach for that so you are a creative by mm-hmm. nature um so you do the designs you come up with uh, those things and try to figure out things you try to figure out what people are going to buy right yeah. so it's not just like what's going to make you happy or what design you think you like yeah you have to figure out what people are actually going to purchase as well yeah it's an it's an interesting psychology to think about like okay well i really like this and it's almost like 
putting your little baby out there and then people yeah. judging it and being like, no, your baby's kind of ugly. Mm-hmm. And that's basically what, it, when I don't sell something, I'm like, okay, this is an ugly baby product. So <laughs> you put that in the yeah, ugly the, baby the part ugly, of the store. Well, yeah, we call them ugly swans. So we just kind of put them in the back and discount them later. So do you need time like that at the beach or somewhere where you're just not thinking about anything in order to like focus your creativity? Yeah. I've started taking up yoga mm-hmm. to do that as well. Uh, and that's been really helpful. Oh, okay. Yeah. Any particular type of yoga or just yoga in general? Uh, I Any yoga. You see a yoga studio, you're like, you go in. I mean, I'm really into like power yoga. Okay. I, I like kind of just not stopping because I feel like when I stop, that's when my brain starts to think. So like some of the slower yogas I can't do because I just, it's a non like my brain is just constantly going. Oh, so you start worrying about or thinking about oh, yeah. other things. Oh, yeah. Got it. Okay. After a long day of driverless cars and the beach, you're going to need to get your 40 winks. Is that how many winks you get? Eight hours is 40 winks. That's, that's the, the approximate translation. Joseph Gaddy is an incredible athlete. So he knows about sleep. He knows from sleep. Do you get enough sleep? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I would imagine. So you're probably <laughs> like, much. when you go to work, you're being active. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you're going in, you're rehearsing, you're doing Sweating. the choreography, you're uh, the artistic director the for artistic director. United Ballet and, Theater. And may I say, Nick, like that, yeah. I, as artistic director, that doesn't mean that you necessarily like choreograph oh sure so, sure sure so just, you are yeah. a choreographer are, i apologize no that's so i didn't mean to imply that no. you're doing all of the choreography yeah. but there, there are, those are there functions are, yeah there are directors that do but i i i like to bring in different choreographers mm-hmm. you know from different places internationally here in the states so that's yeah so you're I, very active during the day yeah taking so class you just and hit a wall pass out <laughs> yeah, okay pretty much yeah i love getting yeah at least eight hours oh it's, man i know i know no no no. and i have the time to do it it's just <laughs> the falling asleep yeah right i'm yeah. not tired enough so if you could send me over what to do during the day <sighs> to make me lot. fall asleep yeah. yeah people don't really like it's like an actual it's a job you know yeah. you're working oh, six 100%. to eight hour days of work yeah. of you know of work and people are I used to get that, you know, you know, question, oh, you do ballet, but what's your real job? You know, and I'd be like, no, that's, this is what I do. Yeah, yeah, everything else is a little bit of a side hustle, I would yeah. imagine, to, yeah. to dance when you're that serious about it. Yeah. And what could be more serious than math? Along with being a talented improviser, Jillian McManus, McMathis, maybe you should change your name, Jillian, also is a teacher for Orange County, math teacher. But it was a circuitous route that got her there. I got into teaching uh, when I got out of college. I it's kind of a weird um, way to get into teaching, I think. But I wanted to go into Peace Corps. Okay. Um, but I also had like student debt, so I went into teaching for the money because I was trying to pay off my, you know, like everybody does. Yeah. They just go into teaching for the money, you know. For the money, for the yeah. cash. Yeah. No, so I was trying to. Sense off my student debt yeah you know and um before i go out in the world and try to help people and yeah for like where you're not really making any money you know what i mean so 
oh, as a volunteer. I guess because Peace Corps, you, you're not really, I don't know, making that much money, I guess. Right. They're yeah. covering kind of your uh, room and board, but yeah. little else. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you're trying to put yourself in a position where you can help people. Right. 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 And like teaching was, they needed a lot of teachers in uh, in the Peace Corps. So like, I was like, oh, I'm double like. Whammy. Yeah. Double two birds. One stone. Yeah. Kill. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's the phrase. Yeah. So that's what you were going to. I was, yeah, I was going to say that, but I was trying to leave it out. So it wouldn't the be kill like, part? so yeah. The There's a lot the of vegans part? listening. Yeah. We're well, not or... killing them to eat them. Right. Just for productivity. Yeah. 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 You're trying to show how efficient you can be with a, a rock. Right. Not the rock. No. Okay. I don't know him. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I keep having people on hoping that one day somebody will know him. Right. Ah, well. I wasn't the one. Sorry. Jillian, uh, was it something you felt like you wanted to do earlier on in life or was it just something you kind of fell into after you were done with college? Yeah, I think I just kind of, um, I never really thought about it before, before then. Yeah. It was just kind of like, sort of, yeah, fell into it a little bit. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I always maybe connected with um, the age range, I guess, mm-hmm. um, like of middle school and um, like the adolescence and um, like, I mean, this is probably true for a lot of people. Like that's a hard time in your life for yeah. a lot of people. So trying to um, find yourself going through the different uh physical changes that you go through trying to figure out like the societal cliques and the you know everything that's going on in school as far as uh friends and who's a friend and what's a friend and right you know that sort of thing scrunchies for me were a big deal yeah a lot of back you look like a scrunchy guy oh a lot of back hair and scrunchies i felt like would also soak up a lot of the sweat that you you did okay (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah. That seems. Am I oversharing? I I enjoy the details. Oh, great, <laughs> good. We'll get way more into that off the air, I think. Then, uh, but just kind of going through, taking yeah. a step back a little bit. I think that you know, for a lot of people too, it's a um, it's a place where you're finding your voice, mm, and yeah. it's a place where you're you know possibly very shy and you're trying to come out. Like maybe you want to come right. out of your shell, or right. it's, you find it difficult to. Right. So you feel like you can relate to that. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, I hope that I'm a positive asset uh, for mm, the, you know, kids that are trying to, I hope I'm like empowering for kids Mm -hmm. and, you know, giving them the support that they need. And uh, yeah, because I think there's, there's a lot of, sometimes kids don't have adults around them that are mm, like wanting to like are wanting to see them develop as you know on their own path they you know they push them to a particular thing right right. or they're even starting to you know one of the so i have a 12 and a 15 year old and one of you know kind of the frustrating things to me is this idea that they have to go to college right that they have to be groomed for that that they have to take a particular path right and so that can be very frustrating if you're pushing too much. Right. I think with somebody with, especially with a Sweat 13, 14, 15 year old. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. I just read a book 
about like that idea mm -hmm. of um our society is kind of like groomed i guess to think that like college is the ideal right. purpose of school right. and then we prepare kids all the way through like starting in elementary school like for that test taking you know to take an sat and like you're getting good at taking standardized tests right but and, are you getting good at being a human right yeah exactly um yeah yeah S yeah it's it's frustrating at times um and you know i think that we all have our internal biases so for example yeah. you know i heard somebody say the other day uh they were talking about unskilled labor and they go oh you know the, it's at times like these i'm glad i went to college it's like that doesn't guarantee anything right for sure. so I appreciate that, though, you know, you going into that much detail about your background in teaching because, you know, it's not just something you're doing while you're waiting for the next thing. You're actually embracing it yeah, on I a number like, of levels. Yeah, I I don't think I I thought I, I didn't initially plan to, like, stay in it as long either. And I think I've just kind of. Um, do you like it? I, I do. Yeah, okay. it's hard. Yeah, it's, there's a lot of challenging days and um sometimes you come home and you feel very <laughs> defeated um but overall I, I like it and I like the problem solving you know there's a lot of problem solving I feel like in it and the, trying to figure out how do we make this school system better and because you look at it you like I got in it thinking oh all I got to do is teach these kids math and how to get to college and you know make sure they they are informed about how to apply for a scholarship and, mm -hmm. you know, n know the majors that are out there. And like you find out that, OK, maybe everybody is not on that path. And maybe maybe our our school system isn't necessarily serving the kids that are most at risk. Um, like kids that are in coming up from poverty situations. Mm -hmm. um, how do we serve those kids in a way that meets their needs and um yeah there's a lot well, and can be customized to them right but still sure. teaching the other kids in class like how do you right. balance that out i would imagine is a is a huge challenge you want to put um um a college kid who never took or was successful in like algebra you wouldn't put them in like calculus you know but it's like it's kind of like the kid wasn't successful in fifth grade and sixth grade but they're still moving them up to seventh grade to do the next math yeah. right it's like yeah. i like i feel like those are things that um need to be changed in our education system because you just let a kid feel defeated and and not smart and like our kids are smart right no matter if they like if they do well on a standardized test or not like they got other assets and they're they can do well at the math, but you're just not putting them in a situation to be successful. Math is good and good for you. One place you will need very little math is in podcasting, unless it's a podcast about math. You should get to know Chris Crespo, though, because he is approaching episode 400 of his own podcast, Cinema Crespediso, and he helps produce a number of other shows through PFT Media. But his start was in radio, which you're listening to right now. I started Radio 2011 on SBK Live, and then uh, I think it was 2011, maybe 2010, whenever Inception came out. 
like yeah, a week sure. after a week after Inception came out was when I started. Uh, on. I like how that is your. Those are all the basis for time yeah, for you. I think because I think that was the first movie I reviewed. Uh, was oh, possible nice. when I called in. I was like, oh, I just saw it. it was possible. Uh, I have that memory for some reason. <laughs> um, but then yeah, I started podcasting January 2013, and for sure I was like, what, 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 I don't know what to do. I had to ask some people and uh, what equipment to get, and I definitely set everything up wrong i could have just used Lipson or whatever but like i set up my own website and paint for my own server stuff and that was all stupid but now i'm paying for those prices uh six years later i'm still doing it still got my own thing going on so let me ask you some of the challenges so you've lived it like yes. going through and you've tried a bunch of different things right so Absolutely. you were doing um you were doing written reviews on your website for a while you, st- you don't that's still was, do that yeah that's what i was doing first i started that in 2009 and then yeah a few years ago i was like yeah i have less time for this and i'm getting less out of it than i used to you're doing the podcast yeah, and that's what, what people are interacting with yeah so i change it more to like yeah. audio reviews now yeah. instead of written reviews so i'm i'm putting that writing energy to other stuff so just some of the the challenges that you've had what would you say to somebody that's just starting out like what would you what would your advice be Mm -hmm. or what would your level of expectations be well for someone first starting out i would say uh it's super exciting when you first started out probably so uh take it slow you know don't try to cram everything into your first episode or your first few episodes uh and uh also keep your expectations in check you know unless you already have a very significant following online from something else another medium don't expect immediate success uh don't expect any sort of success at all for for a good while unless you catch on i mean um it's funny you've seen how many shows pop up do a few months and then fade off fade out right away and then and you know it's because they're seeing the numbers like how come only 40 people are downloading it's well because you're frankly a nobody you're just a rando person on the internet who thinks that people should be listening to you for whatever reason and um it's very strange that the entitlement that people get they think someone i just saw this online someone had a new york times profile written about them how this uh 20 year old something young lady her and her friend uh they were trying to they started a podcast it was like an advice podcast and i think they had another and a vice column, at least they were coming from some world, but they were trying to translate into a podcast and then they expected immediate success with affiliate deals and advertising and all this stuff. Yeah. And then when they didn't get it within like two months, they abandoned it. They did like six episodes and then they abandoned it and they're like, oh, it was a lot harder than we thought it would be. And then the New York Times wrote a profile about them. It makes no sense. It's uh Wow, it's that's pretty crazy. Yeah, a little bit weird, but it is weird. But that's that's it's a, a cautionary enti- tale, and that's the entitlement world we live in, where people are like, just because I bought a microphone and I bought a Lipson account, I expect people to flock to my opinions, and then I expect people to like, give me money, give me money for all of this stuff. When no, it does not work that way at all. Not even close. So after three hundred and forty episodes, mm-hmm. you've evolved. Yes, hopefully. <laughs> right? We'll try but, to, yeah. I mean, you've, you, your voice has also changed. You found it. You know, I don't know how well, true, yeah. well you yeah. know, like if I were to listen to episode one versus episode it would, be, it would sound different, 340, yeah. yeah. Yeah, not as good, for sure. So one of the things yeah. that I found, like, early on, I was doing a lot of uh, scraping out when I was doing the podcast version mm-hmm. of the ums and ahs. Oh, for Right, yeah, whether it was me or my guest, like, a that was, lot of to people, an extent, like, embarrassing to me. A lot of people do that. I, uh... Yeah, it's it's the way we speak, uh, and especially when you're doing it when we do it a, a live show. And it's a live conversation. I leave all that stuff in because I feel like it really helps 
the listener to feel like they're in the room with us and they're really listening in on the conversation. Uh, and I understand editing things down and, and you know, cleaning yeah. things up for sure, but you can also do it to a point where it sounds overly produced and then for sure. and then it doesn't you may not be getting the effect you want. Unless that is what do you want? Unless you wanted to sound like a, a sixty minutes segment. You know, you wanted to sound like a news program, in which case, hey, get all those ums and uhs out of there. That's not professional. But I think that's part of learning to understand the medium and mm-hmm. learning to understand what, you know, a conversation sounds like. Sure. Because a lot of times we're used to conversations sounding like very produced, very scripted. It's true. Because they are. Because that's what we're hearing yeah. in media. But then if you go out somewhere to a bar and you listen to two people talking, it's a lot of people shouting at each other and talking over each other right. and, you know, not like this conversation, like this conversation right yeah. here, uh, not listening to the other person, but instead waiting for him to finish speaking. So then I can get my point out, you know, right. th- regardless of what the other person says. I'll then also hear that, though, in uh, interviews, like, quote, professional interviews. I hear that. Oh, God. it's the most frustrating. It thing is frustrating when someone has their preloaded question. Yeah. And instead of they get a great answer and instead of. Oh, what do you mean by that? What does that mean? Digging into it. They're waiting to answer their own question. Yes, usually. they're yeah. waiting to jump into the next thing. Yeah. It's very annoying. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. That was something that my therapist told me very early on in the process. So maybe that's a piece of advice is if you have a therapist, mm-hmm. have them listen to your podcast <laughs> and give you some advice because she said, you're not being present. You're not listening. Uh-huh. And so do that more. And I felt like now I'm, a, I'm I, you know, I'm not going to say I'm the best interviewer, but I'm okay. It, it, Pretty it, good. Interviewing's a skill. You got to learn it over time. I think you're doing a good job. You're doing a great job. Oh, like, thanks, Chris. That's also a great idea to have, have your therapist listen to your podcast. 100%. People will say more real things on a podcast than they will to their family members or to their friends. Uh, they'd rather spill out everything to strangers. So just give your therapist your podcast and, and like, send me back a re- an evaluation of, <laughs> of what I need to do. That might actually be a good business idea is because it's very hard to get critical information Mm -hmm. it's it's very hard to ask for a critique and get something honest from your friends and family very true because they're gonna say oh no no i listened to it it was great Mm -hmm. yeah you you know you're like i can see who listened to it and you did not yes yeah nobody's downloaded this episode no one did not listen you live in wyoming you live in wyoming (laughs) no one listened to this in wyoming i know you're lying to me so that would be interesting if we just signed up to or you signed up to have us listen to and give you a professional sort of critique so we give you not only a professional critique but also we use our therapy background to then give a a, a psych eval yeah so then it becomes uh like therapy for agoraphobes where you don't actually have to leave your house or meet someone we can do uh therapy by proxy via your a wonderful idea we're full of business ideas yeah man so full of it between this and the winter soldier treatment we're gonna be (laughs) rolling in dough by the end of the week uh speaking of which just one last thing before we uh cut to break first hour's already over wow crazy yeah it goes fast when you have two brilliant uh bearded men or orators going at it yes early in the morning what about the cost like if i was going to start it up Mm -hmm. right now sure you know, what would you say is a, uh, you know, and I'm, uh, let's say I'm relatively serious. I'm going to do it for a year Mm -hmm. and see how much should I spend? Um, on like equipment, really on equipment, hosting, uh, you're looking at equipment wise. If you want to keep it really simple, you can just get an MP3, like handheld MP3 zoom, uh, zoom recorder. That's like a good one with inputs for microphones. It's Mm going to run you like uh, 300 bucks brand new. You could probably get a used one for 200 pawn shops are a great location for uh, used audio equipment, uh, pawn shops by full sale or even better. 
even better for for gently used electronic equipment. Um, a couple hundred bucks on that, and a, a couple hundred bucks on good microphones and decent cables. You're talking maybe some headphones and some headphones, probably five hundred bucks all in to be able to record two people or three people at a time. That's pretty good. And then if you just use uh like Libsyn or Blueberry or mm -hmm. any of these hosting uh services, um, if you keep your file sizes low enough, you can get away with like ten bucks a month on these things uh maybe closer to 15 depending on what kind of stats you want to get back because they throw stats in there to yeah to monkey with you but uh yeah so it's relatively inexpensive which is why so many people can do it get into yeah. it i would definitely recommend at least having decent equipment if you're gonna start something up don't just uh set your phone down in the middle of a room and hit record and expect people to listen to, to audio garbage. I feel like that's the number one thing that turns people off from like bad sound you quality. like the topic, you like the person, mm -hmm. you know, if it sounds bad, they're not going to listen. It's an audio medium. It's the one thing I expect that for it to sound good. And if you can't even do that, well, then what are we, what are we here for? Start that podcast, record some good content. Don't be intimidated by what's already out there and just keep going. Persistence is a key character trait for Joseph Gaddy. That drive has led him to start his own company here in Orlando, and it began when he was pretty young and also very bribable. You were around 10 years old when you kind of took up dance. Mm -hmm. Um, and so you were an athlete, you were doing baseball, it sounded like. Yeah, baseball. And so how did that transition happen? Because in, in my head, I think traditionally you would hear, you wouldn't hear of somebody doing sports and dance at the same time necessarily. Yeah, yeah. Um, or if it is common, you again, no, you, you, there's biases in our heads, and I think yeah, that's you know, so cultural true. biases and things like that, Big time. where we say there's this type of person who's artistic. So I'm not just saying dance. Yeah. Uh, so, or they're athletic. Mm -hmm. And so there's this line of delineation between them. So sure. it shouldn't, it's not uncommon probably, and it's not unusual by any means mm -hmm. that somebody can or should do both. Yeah. So, it's but so how did true. that happen for you? Um, well, my mom actually used to own a dance studio before oh, me okay. and my brother were born in New Jersey, Jersey. And, um, uh, I, she, she just, I mean, even would take my father, you know, to Broadway shows. They, you know, seeing, going to the Met, seeing a performance for the first time, Yeah, you know, um, but it, he, my mom and dad like would show us always old movies growing up. So like we'd watch, I'd watch a lot of Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers. Right. So I always, right from the beginning, I was kind of intrigued by it. Kind of know? enamored by it. Yeah, yeah. Then I would watch huge fan of Michael Jackson growing up his dancing is just incredible so i would be impersonating him around mm -hmm. the house nonstop, really it, from a young age and then when i moved down here uh to florida when i was 10 um is when i started dancing but my mom had to bribe me <laughs> she's told me I, I i'll give you 20 bucks to take a class and it wasn't even a ballet class it was like a dance theater class so i was okay. like okay and i did and it was for 20 bucks for yeah. 20 bucks <laughs> Back in, you know, 90, 94, whenever that was. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I, I I took the class, got the money. <laughs> but I, I went back again and again, and it was fun. And, you know, it wasn't something that I was like, oh, it's incredible, like playing sports. Yeah. Um, so you me. were still, you were still, you liked it, you enjoyed it, but it wasn't like, this is what I'm going to do yeah. for the rest of my no, life. No, I didn't know that at all. Yeah. Yet. Okay. 
but then there was a teacher who 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 taught ballet and she saw me in the building and she said oh i love seeing you know new new boys come in please you know come and take my ballet class and i was like oh sure and i i went in and followed there was like another guy in there too mm-hmm. another boy so it was at that age you know if you're the only boy i think it's a little creepy <laughs> it's, it's a little scary it can it's make you feel like the other right yeah, yeah. for sure so yeah. it was good to have another boy in there and i just followed along and followed the steps and it was okay but i think it really i, I stuck with it i think the the music the you know musicality and, and i was i was intrigued i was interested mm-hmm. and then um we started getting um i would say my second year i mean even the first year it was doing party boy in in the nutcracker you know that was a big role because that was the first role where i was on stage and i was actually acting you know being like portraying a character yeah in the in the party scene so that was really exciting for me being on the stage with the 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 sets and the scenery and and the orchestra and it was it was amazing so that's what i think really kind of grabbed me in a little bit in terms of that and then after that we i started getting you know, like a male teacher, so they would teach us male steps, you know, jumps and certain things and turns, and that was really exciting. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, this is kind of athletic. <laughs> so that's when I started to really get more and more interested in ballet. Yeah. So it's very interesting that it was this gradual yeah. sort of uh, take with it, because a lot of people, you know, I think again, w- one story you hear a lot from artistic people or creatives is that you know it's almost this bolt of lightning or they see something and they're like i have to do this mm-hmm. now is the time for me to do this whereas it was a it seems like a more gradual process with you yeah i feel like i mean even like at such a young age you may not know sure. too much you know how it, like you want to be a fireman or whatever but um yeah it was a gradual thing because you know in ballet you really have to start young and you kind of miss a lot of other things like you know, college, because mm-hmm. you, you go from basically ballet school, you graduate high school, if, or you're, you're homeschooled because mm-hmm. you want to be there all the time. So you miss a lot of that, you know, because you're constantly there, like working and training, you know, for, for that, to prepare yourself for company life. So what was your path like then? So you're 10, 11, 12, you're taking some classes, taking you start classes. really falling for it. Yeah. Yeah. And what happens to you? Um, I did my first competition after training for years. Um, it was uh, the Youth American Grand Prix, mm-hmm. which is a big ballet competition for, for students. And, and, and it's all over the world now, this competition. And the, the finals are in New York. And and I won that competition back in 2000 and, uh, 2003. <laughs> so you were I was like 18, 18, 19 at that yeah. point? Okay. And um, that was after I just finished high school and I got a scholarship to the Royal Ballet School in London. So I decided to go there. So that was my first time, you know, away from home, being there for the whole year and studying with, you know, people I didn't know, dancers I didn't know. So mm-hmm. it was a whole new thing for me. And being able to watch the Royal Ballet live, yeah, being a part of that was huge. Or in rehearse and oh, everything else, awesome. I would imagine. Yeah. yeah, there's nothing like that. So you still went to high school? Yep. And Dr. Phillips High School. Okay. Yeah. And so kind of an artsy high school for the most part. It, it is, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And were you still like, oh, should I, I wonder if I'm going to go to college or I'm going to continue pursuing dance at that point? 
Yeah, I might have. It might have. Or cr- whatever you were going to. Sorry, I didn't mean to say no, that you no. have to go to college. No, obviously. no. You completely. finish high school and do something But I else, definitely but. was thinking of that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it, it crossed my mind. What is your then, next step? Exactly. It wasn't like, oh, no, 100% dance all exactly. the way. Exactly. Okay. But once I did, I think, that first competition and got that scholarship, I knew that that was going to help launch me into the professional ballet company life, mm-hmm. you know? being seen already and winning that that first place award at the YGP and because a lot of directors from different companies go to see those shows and and are grabbing you know students that graduated to be a part of their company or stuff like that are there a lot of those competitions is that a common thing where yeah, professional ballet comp uh, uh ballet for for ballet dancers that because yeah. there's a lot of different there's commercial dance for you know like so you think you can dance and things like that yep. there's you know but then you have ballet competitions which is for ultimately for getting a job and getting seen to so be So these a are tryouts basically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah in many ways. That. Yeah. Cuz you can you can either you either go to a, a company, you know, send in your resume and, and your you know, photos and then they invite you to take class and then that art that director ballet master will watch you take class and see if you, you know, if you're good enough. Yeah, for that yeah. company or that, that's what they're looking for. That's interesting because you know. that's very different than the theater community which is you would have somebody come in uh, and their interview would actually be them doing a reading or something like that yeah, and saying that. But um, yeah, in some cases you do have uh, the theater groups that are doing classes as well. Mm-hmm. But in many cases, uh, yeah, it sounds like the ballet company is a little bit different. Yeah. Our reading is like the class yeah. basically, like you taking class at a company and, and then the director or somebody from the, the artistic staff watching, I mean, Sadly, sometimes no one comes to watch. So you, it's really crazy. You go and you pay for a flight, you pay for a ticket, you pay for a hotel, you go there and then, and they, they want you to come and then no and one. Do the, and do the class? And do the class and then no one shows up. It's happened before. It stinks. A lot of my friends and who are always, you know, looking for work. So you, it's like, you know, money, you're wasting money. So you, and nobody came to your audition. Basically. Yeah, it's, it's happened for wow. sure. Okay. Yeah. All right, interesting. <laughs> so you got you were able to showcase your talent. You won this event. You went to London. Mm-hmm. So you lived over there for how long? It was a year, and I okay. graduated that year. Yeah, because they have different levels, obviously, at the Royal Ballet School, and they accepted me for the the third year, which is the final graduation year. Oh wow! So, so they said that okay, you're already at this level. Mm-hmm. You don't need to start. You essentially have your AA in dance. Mm-hmm. So you could just do the final yeah. part of it. Exactly. I was oh, okay. fortunate to get a yeah. scholarship and then having that in my resume is, is just it's wonderful. And not just that, but the experience there. Of course, the yeah. Thing. But it was, yeah, it was fun. I wish I, I went a little earlier, honestly. It was just, it's that thing where, you know, you go away for the first time and, you know, that half a year was a little, you really miss home. But the then first after half, that, yeah. you really realize, you know, the whole meaning of why you're there and how much you've learned. So it's great. One being one of the older students, you could buy beer for everybody is yeah. probably pretty well, great. In London, you know, it's 18, yeah. so right. <laughs> it's different. So yeah. different. Oh my gosh. Whoa. I'm sure you never got into any trouble over there. It was no, fine. It was fine. Trouble. London authorities, <laughs> if you're listening, which they are, they're big listeners. Since the taping of this interview with Joseph last year, United Ballet Theatre had a successful inaugural season, including the premiere of The Ballet Collection presented at the Convention Center in February. The Ballet Collection is going to be an annual presentation of the company's best repertoire. 
Now the bad news. Because of COVID-19, their first season was cut short, and that's not the only challenge facing United Ballet Theatre and many other arts organizations around town. To learn more about the company, stay up to date on the latest event news, and for information on supporting them, visit athletesofart.org. Education was a theme for all the guests, and that applied to Chris Zara as well, as she was planning on entering nursing school when she came on the show. I didn't know that I wanted to enter the nursing field until a few years ago. Yeah. I have always, ever since I was a little kid, I've always wanted to be around children, babies and children. I, lo- I love kids. You know, kids kind of gravitate towards me. Um, I'm, I'm a fun person to be around, I think, for them. And um, that's why I wanted to get into teaching because I'm like, then I can just full-time hang out with kids. Um, and while I was going to school, I was recognizing I do, I do not want to do this full-time for a living. It's exhausting. And I am so thankful for all of the teachers that are out there that will do that full-time for a living because mm-hmm. it is so hard. It is so exhausting, you know, and, and I just, I'm so thankful for them. Um, but I recognize that that was not for me. Um, so then I went into performing and I performed with children and then I could be around them, you know, 30 minutes at a time and then I was done. So that was, that was a good fit for me for a long time. Um, but I've always been fascinated by medical stuff and I've, you know, gotten my fix by watching gory <laughs> like ER shows on TV, whatever, you know, like, like dramatizations. And, um, and I was like, you know, I could, I could take these two passions, kids and medical stuff and kind of combine them. And that's really what made me go back to school. So I'm in school to be a NICU nurse and work with uh, the newborns that um, need intensive care. When you went back the second time and you guys were uh, from an affordability standpoint, it was a little bit difficult to, to do that. Um, You weren't looking at nursing at the time. No. Did you feel like because you didn't know what you wanted to do, that that was part of the issue, right? Like, you know, you, you weren't necessarily that motivated to go back and the money thing didn't help, of right, course, right. but you also didn't necessarily want to take out loans or anything like that too. Right. I, I just, I, at that point, I just knew I wanted to be around kids. I, I wasn't sure what my path was going to yeah. be. I didn't, didn't feel like I got good guidance in that respect. So I was just, actually at that time, I wasn't even taking like AA classes. I was just taking um, some electives that would, that would benefit me down the road before I became a teacher. So I wasn't even taking, you know, my core classes yet. I was oh, just so taking, you were like, taking the specific classes. I was taking like art and creativity for children, yeah. you know, and, and just learning that kind of stuff so I could understand kids and their creative little minds better. Um, and I was a preschool teacher at the time while I was going to school. Oh, okay. So I was able to apply what I was learning directly to my job, which was fun. But that's that's when I realized I needed to it wasn't change, yeah, change directions. Now that your kids are getting older. Yeah. What are you and your husband telling them or what are your expectations for them? And do they know what those are when they graduate from high school? Um, I don't expect them to school go to college. I don't think my husband does either. Um, I think because they see how much time I have to put into school. Um, I'm really hard on myself. I expect myself to get straight A's um, and I work really hard to get them. Um and I think that because my children can see, you know, m- mommy's always studying. She's always studying. I, I have pointed out to them that 
if you're going to go to school, here's how it's going to benefit you if you decide to go to school and get a, and get a college degree. And here is why it is um, helpful to go right out of high school because you don't have a family and children and, and all these responsibilities. And it'll be so much easier for you to just have school to focus on. Mm. You know, I said it's so much harder for me yeah, with all these real responsibilities. With all these other going yeah, on, yeah. The, again, balancing my time and still trying to be a good wife and a good mom and um, and a good student. Uh, it's it's hard. I think for me, that's the hardest part of going to school is still trying to be good at so many different things. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're younger and right out of high school and have less responsibilities, really all you have to focus on is school. That Now that sounds really naive of me because it's been so long since I've been right out of high school that I'm sure there's more responsibilities that, that younger people have to deal with that it's I, easier for me to... Yeah, I think we put, you know, it's... I like to think of it and go you know, that was a golden age that I could have done anything, Yeah, yeah. right? Like yeah. you could also say you could go to school and just concentrate on that, but you could also yeah. travel the world. Yeah, You have, it's that idea of fewer and fewer responsibilities right. as you get younger Right. that we look back on with sort of rose-colored glasses and sure. go, oh my gosh, wasn't that a great time? Yeah. But the other side of that was there's also a lot of instability in your life yeah. around that time. Yeah. You're also still dealing with, trying to figure out who you are as a person and finding right. your voice and emotionally, you know, I'm not saying this for everybody. I'm talking from my experience. You know, I was probably a mess back then. Yeah. I was a mess back then. Uh-uh. You know, probably about it. Um, and trying to figure things out and relationships and, you know, dealing with, uh, dealing with other things. So to your point, yeah, there's less traditional responsibility, mm-hmm. like owning a home mm-hmm. and being a parent and all that. But I think there's still something to that. But then again, I look at it and go, oh, well, I just still wish I was 18 again and knew what I know now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. That would be a superpower I would love to that have. That would be 100% a superpower. Wow. Yeah. Wow. But, uh, yeah, so I think that that's, I think that's good advice. I think that, you know, you're going to give them all the tools that yeah. they need to uh Here's what your future that. looks like if you don't go to college right out of high school. Yeah. You know? It's harder. It is a lot harder. It, but it's not impossible. It's right? not impossible. Yeah. Totally doable. Yeah. Um, but it's going to be a lot harder. And I, I've told them that so many times. Makes sense. Yeah. An update from Chris. Since appearing on the show, she has received her first college degree, been accepted into the nursing program at Valencia College, and just got hired as a medical assistant at a local nursing home. A registered nurse is around the corner for her. Last, but certainly not least, Swan City's Andrew Chang almost left his heart in Orlando, but then found his heart for Orlando. By that, I mean he was going to move and then decided to stay. It's better if you hear it from him. So you've been doing Swan City for how long now? I launched it August 12th of 2017. So we're coming up on our two-year anniversary. Yeah, anniversary. Special for that? Like, what's what's the gift for a bird on the second... I don't really know. Anniversary. Good, I mean, I'm trying to think of what to do. So if I, anyone has ideas. It's definitely not the popcorn anniversary because we know that popcorn is fairly, just as a PSA. for that, yeah. PSA, yeah, popcorn not, is deadly. Do not feed the swans popcorn. I know the kettle corn is like really yummy and cool. I feel like we should just ban it, mm. honestly, as a product to be well, sold. At least from Lake Eola. Right. It just doesn't yeah. make sense. That's going to be my next petition. Okay. Ban popcorn vendors at Lake Yola. What was your last one? 
Oh, this is a fun fact. Oh, okay. So do you know Constitution Green in downtown? Yes. I am the one that created the petition to save it. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was before Swan City was a thing. But I uh, I got really upset when I heard that they were going to tear that down because that tree is beautiful. All yeah. the trees there are beautiful, but there's that were very, they just gonna very... They were going to level it and turn it into just more townhouse, yeah. condominium, whatever. Um, so I started a petition when I got into work. And by the end of work, there was like 500 signatures. Wow. And then it just kept growing to the point where the city had to respond. And I uh, I volleyed it off to my friend Eric Rawlings um, so that he could take it over and Patty Sheehan and just kind of like stepped away out of it. But that is, I was the impetus for that park being what it is today and having a dog park there. So. You went to UCF. I did. Go did, Knights. Did you move from Titusville? Growing up in Titusville, you moved over to go to UCF. Yeah, yeah. And I, then you just stayed. I did. Okay. I uh, I had this grand scheme. I was like, I'm going to get my degree, and I'm going to go to New York, and I'm never going to look back. I'm still here. What is it about Orlando? Because for someone to start a company that's all hyper local and that's yeah. what Swan City is. Mm-hmm. It's really hyper local references. It's you're you're not looking to sell a million t-shirts. No. Necessarily because I'm sure you could. God, that'd be a great. I'm going to start tracking that. Okay. See if I hit the the, the million, million mark. Yeah, the million mark. But for the most part, you're not going you're not looking at a broad swath of consumers. You're looking at a very specific consumer, someone who likes to who understands Orlando, mm-hmm. who likes to, you know, poke fun at themselves in some cases um, and poke fun at others like Tampa in some cases. Yep. Um, so what was it about Orlando once you got here that made you want to start a petition to save Constitution Green, to start a company that celebrates a lot of the things that are very uniquely Orlando? So when I moved, obviously, I was by UCF, yep. which East Orlando is, I think it's just a whole another world. It's like, it is pretty separate. Yeah, like the beast yeah. of the East um, out there. And so I was like, I just don't, it's not my favorite. And then when I started living downtown, I was like, oh, there's some like culture, there's some things going on. Um, not as much as we have today. And then I met my now husband. Uh, and so... We started being very involved in the community, mm-hmm. going to things like Dirty Bingo and becoming um, members of the arts community and Dr. Phillips. And I just quickly realized like, oh, Orlando's growing into this tiny city. Uh, and I still feel like it's a tiny city. I can go around and I know a lot of people, but I know that we have hundreds of thousands of people in our city. Um, but I feel like it's my city now. And so there was this weird switch in me at some point where I was like, I don't, I don't want to leave here. Like, I really, really like it here. And so when I started traveling with my husband, I started seeing all of these places that had prideful stores about their cities and people were wearing shirts about their city and kind of being very representing Mm. of that. And so I was like, we don't really have that. And so I started actually with the idea in 2016 and it took me about a year to figure out all the designs, the logo work, the trademarking things that I'm going through now. And um, just just for reference, you yeah. didn't go to school for design. No. And we'll get into what yeah. you were doing there, but that wasn't... So did you have to teach yourself sort of graphic design? Did you take any classes? Did you do YouTube University? Yeah, so it's an interesting 
parlay that I took. So when I was younger, I loved art, mm-hmm. I all things art. So I did sculpting, painting, um, abstract art, mixed media, sewing. I mean, I, anything artistic I did. Uh, and I taught myself Photoshop at like 12, which was fun. I downloaded it off of LimeWire and just learned how to do it. As we all do sometimes. Adobe, yeah. if you're listening, big sponsor. Yeah, Adobe. big sponsor. I'm sorry, Adobe. So. I pay now. Um, and then... From Photoshop, I did a bunch of other things. And then I got into art school at Savannah College of Art and Design. Oh, okay. And I said, I could either do this or I could go into where my real job is in healthcare um, and go back to art later. Like it can always be something. It's not like I need a degree to tell myself that I'm an artist. And no one needs a degree. It helps mm-hmm. in terms of being an artist. Um, but I feel like if you are artistic, you should just do it. Uh, so I did not go that route. And I put it to bed and let it lay dormant while I was going through undergrad and grad school. And then in 2016, I realized I needed to learn more than Photoshop. And so I taught myself Illustrator. And now I do that. So it's a, it's been fun. I just like to learn. So Yeah. So we already talked about language. Is there anything else that you want to learn or you want to do, you think? I would like to go back to doing photography at some point. Yeah. I used to do a lot of photography. I have a Polaroid collection that rivals many, um, which is funny. The actual cameras. Yeah. They're very popular now. But when I was in high school, we shot on Polaroid cameras. Um, I would go to thrift stores and buy them. I have probably well over 30 um, different Polaroid cameras. I have a Polaroid tattoo as well. Um, and so I really, really like Polaroid photography and I'm glad that it's coming back. I think it's ridiculous that some of these places are trying to sell them for like a hundred plus dollars right. because I bought mine for like $5 because FYI, any Polaroid camera that you find will work because the battery is in the pack. So don't buy those $100 ones. Just go to a thrift store and buy one. Just go to a thrift Same thing with typewriters. Right. Makes zero sense. We're all about this ancient technology, you and I. Well, everything... It I feel like we flows. might be the same person. I just need that beard. Is there any proof that we're not? Ooh. We could be having like a Fight Club Tyler Durden thing right now. It could just be one of us doing both voices. That'd be a fun like little segment. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because we're not talking at the same time. Are we? You got me there. I just, I was going to try and say what you were going to say, but I couldn't think of what might come out of your mouth. So I just, I just shut up. It's, it's never something you should try to predict. That's true. Same here. (laughs) You really don't want to be in my mind. So since this episode was a year old, Swan City is actually going to be celebrating three years, their Swan anniversary in August. Uh, A couple of things to know about Swan City and Andrew. They are nominated for Orlando Weekly's Best Kept Secret in the local color category. Consider voting for them. They have blacked out all of the products that you know them for, and they're selling six exclusive Black Lives Matter products. 100% of the proceeds are going directly to the New Image Youth Center in Paramore. NIYC has operated for more than 16 years and assists the young adults in the community with educational opportunities, nutrition, a safe place, and so much more. If you want to know more about Swan City and what they're doing, follow them on social media at Swan City Orlando. You can also shop them at swancityorlando.com.
www.thecoachmakerdoc.com. That is the show. Thank you so much for listening to a certain degree. I have been your host, Nick Chorgudiu. I will continue to be Nick Chorgudiu for the full interviews with all the guests. Please visit toacertaindegree.com. Subscribe wherever you subscribe to podcasts and keep it tuned to WPRK early and often. Next hour is music, sweet music. There will be music everywhere. You're listening to WPRK, Winter Park, Florida.